All right, well, here first, I want to introduce our speaker, and this is my Aunt Shirley Combs. Now, if you follow my mom on Facebook, first of all, I'm sorry. Second of all, I'd like to tell you, this is my Aunt Shirley Combs. You know you follow my mom. It's Judith Combs Puckett. My Aunt Shirley, her maiden name is Shirley Roberts, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of her heritage, but she also married into my wonderful family, and uh, is now part of the reason that my family is wonderful, if you know what I mean. She is a wonderful lady. Um, I guess in 2017, my Uncle Jim passed and went to be with the Lord. Was it 2018? Yes, 17. 17. And uh, she and uh, he were missionaries together to Brazil for over 45 years. And then once they finished... They kept going back for 12 solid years. The only thing that got them was COVID, right? They, got, they had to stay home during COVID, but otherwise, and she told me just a little bit ago, she said, Lord willing, I'll be going back, right? Uh, and that'll be coming later on this year. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes. Okay, very good. And so I just want to do a, a warm EHC welcome. Let's hear it for my Aunt Shirley Combs and what she's about to share with us. Thank you. I know what y'all are thinking. She seems so sweet and quiet. Where did Randy come from? Neither sweet nor quiet. Oh, I see. Now you know why I had her come, right? She, she thinks I'm nice and sweet. Y'all know better, but anyway. Now, I want to do a quick little bit of introduction back here with my wife. And you guys don't have to stand. But I'm going to start over here at Rod and Tanya. Rod and Tanya, can you guys just wave at everybody? I wouldn't do this to normal guests and visitors, but they're not normal. They're my family. They've got to come back eventually. Um, Tanya and I grew up together in as best you possibly could for her family serving as many, as many years as they did. But when she was there, she met Rod. Uh, Rod and Tanya have been married how many years, you guys? <laughs> it only feels like two, Rod. It's been 23, all right? But yes, and uh, these are their children. This is Bella and Bianca. Now, real quickly, those of you who are not as skilled in Portuguese as myself, right? <clears throat> it is not Tanya and it is not Bianca. It is Tanya and Bianca. Can y'all want try to try it out? So you can leave and just like me, speak Portuguese when you leave like I do. Ready? It's Tanya. Tanya. And that's Bianca. Bianca. And Bella is also pronounced Bella in Portuguese. <laughs> Just one. Uh, one L. One, with one L. Exactly. And then Bianca has recently gotten married to a guy, uh, she and uh, Jacob Partridge. Uh, so it's officially uh, Bianca Partridge and Jacob is here. He's from Randall University. And you guys know we have that connection with Randall and all of those things. Let's give them a hand. It's great to have you guys here. I've got some stories I've got some stories on Rod and some pictures on Tanya, and the kids are safe. So this is kind of how this is going to play out. But what I wanted to do is introduce you to these wonderful people, genuinely wonderful, godly servants who have been so faithful and for so long have been making a difference in their world and in our world and uh, in the kingdom work. And so what I thought I might actually do is kind of just go through a few pictures first and let my Aunt Shirley give you a quick rundown because after she's done, uh, kind of, and she begins to share some of the stories and the interview kind of begins, um, we will probably share some of these different pictures and you'll know what you're looking at, okay? So this is my Uncle Jim and Aunt Shirley. 
Uh, and uh, oh my goodness, just take a wild stab, Aunt Shirley, uh, of like what year that was, right? That's Tanya over on the far right. Tanya, I told you I had pictures on you. It only gets better from here, right? All right, go right ahead, Aunt Shirley. Who is that? Yes, we're in the state of Santa Catarina, and you can see the, the um, cane in the background. That's how we fuel our cars. It's $7 a gallon for gasoline, so we use gasohol. Um, how old are you there, Tanya? <laughs> well, you were there. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing seven or eight years old, maybe. Yes. And interestingly, Tanya and I are about the same age. My middle sister, Marcy, and Cindy, your middle daughter, yes. about the same age. And then Kemper on the far left is about mm -hmm. the same age as my oldest sister, Lancia. So we've kind of gone through life kind of together. Uh, and, our and three children were born in Brazil. But every fifth year, we could come home and visit the family and watch him every fifth year grow up and how God was calling him and using him. Thank you. Aww. <laughs> All right, let's go to our next slide. This is just a picture of you and this is one of the things that I wanted to say that I've always respected so much about you is that when you left the field, you didn't leave the ministry. You know, you came back and um, I think you're probably, in, in my view, not only the best, but the, the most vocal mm -hmm. advocate for the missionaries that still exist and, and are serving in Brazil and yes. still being a part of things. And you, you, every place that you go, you are involved in sharing what's going on. And this is just, do you know where that particular? Yes, it's is? in Araras, uh, the, the city and the, uh, the state of Sao Paulo. Uh, this is one of our churches. In that particular city, we have three Free Will Baptist churches. And that's the one is Jardim Marabá. Very good. And then I'm going to go to this next slide and go ahead and share a little bit about this story. Okay, especially when we first went to Brazil, they did not have doorbells. They had walls around their homes with a bad dog so you wouldn't get in. <laughs> so you clap. And that's what one of the ladies from the church, her name is Maria, and she was visiting um, some families there in that neighborhood. And uh, actually, that very picture that I've got there makes the cover of one of my Aunt Shirley's books. It's called Who's Clapping at My Gate? What's the whole story yes, behind Yes, the first that? part uh, is we were foreigners in Brazil, and there were foreigners who visited Brazil. And uh, sometimes we were the only Americans in town who could speak English. These foreigners couldn't speak Portuguese. So um, they would clap at our gate because the city government had sent them to us. So we were privileged. We homeschooled our children, and we had pe people from all over the world and brought culture and languages and experiences. And we could witness and put a seed of hope in their hearts. So you have... Was this your first book? No, the this red, one. The, mm -hmm. Okay, so this was her first book, and it's called They Deserve a Second Chance, an unforgettable story of rescuing Brazil's street children. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell a little bit about this book? Um, and I'm, uh, by the way, I get $50 for every one of these books that we sell. So <laughs> if it seems that I'm kidding, don't get a dime. 
don't even get 50 cents. But um, Aunt Shirley and I were talking in preparation, and she said, I'll, I'll make sure that the books get back here. If you guys are interested in buying a book, y'all can PayPal that and uh, give a, a total you know, on a check or whatever it might be. And let us know which books you want. We'll get these books to you because she said, I've got some in my closet in a box, you know, and I take them. You guys were vacationing this week, and so it wasn't important that you bring books. Yeah. And I didn't know if fit. They... it was so full, they it, wouldn't fit in, yeah. the, in the Well, car. <laughs> and I didn't know if you guys were going to stay, you know, because mm-hmm. there was some possibility y'all were leaving home early. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I didn't even know that we'd be doing this, much less tell you to bring the books. But this is her first. It's called They Deserve a Second Chance. And then we have this one, one, correct? Mm-hmm. And this one is called Wounded Lambs Need the Fold. And uh, it's the heart-stirring rescue of Brazil's street children. So I want to just, can we just kind of dive into that real quick? Sure. You, you mentioned two different times here, the rescuing of these kids. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, there's favelas is what they're called there. They're, they're kind mm-hmm. of the really, really poor, poor, what we would term a slum neighborhood or a very, very uh, impoverished area. Yes. And in the favelas, some crazy stuff was going on uh, mm-hmm. right around the, the, the huge tsunami of AIDS victims that were passing. It was kind of a, an AIDS epidemic, really. Yes. Was that in the 80s or yeah, the 90s? At the, but at the end of 80s, 88, 89, um, news went all over the world that Brazil was hiring uh, off-duty policemen to kill their street children. Uh, they would, we would read the next morning in the paper, five children on the steps of the, the cathedral there in the city, bodies float, uh, floating in the canal. Um, they were second or third generation street children. And so the word got out over the world and Brazil um, got busy and they had to try to address this situation for many years. And it just got out of hand, so they didn't know what else to do. So they just started killing the street children. They would call them sewer rats, and they weren't worth, they just didn't know what else to do, so they needed to control that. And my husband said, just in passing, Christians need to address that problem. Well, the city government asked us to go and uh, to help them. And we said, wait, wait, we've done youth camps, family retreats, all of these things, but we've never done anything like that. Give us three months and we'll get together with our people and see what we can do. Well, during these three months, they started sending people to our house. Um, the first one was a little boy who stepfather beating with a water hose until he was unconscious. The police brought them to, brought him to us. He had not begged enough money for his druggy parents. And then the next day, a little girl, the bus driver saw the mother chasing her. The mother was an alcoholic, chasing her with a butcher knife. He rescued the child, took it to the police. The police took it to our house. So. Um, we had nine children before we got the first house. But that's how it started. And once we got started, my husband said he, he found out he wasn't a Father Teresa. It wasn't his thing. 
But he supported it and, and all that. But uh, we got children from all situations, abandoned children whose parents were put in the prison and nobody there to take care of them. Um, but we started out and no one wanted to rent a house to us to put street children in. And so we started a list. Things we could do, we did. We started a list of the impossible things and God started doing impossible things in order to rescue these children. And uh, 30 years later, uh, some of our children are married and have families. <clears throat> Two of them uh, have studied to be nurses. Uh, they're working in factories. They, uh, uh, last year when I went for three months, a young man called me up, Tia, can you come and can we visit? And I went to him, and guess where he was working? He'd been to law school, and he was uh, in a lawyer's office. The little sewer rat was now serving the community. And some are um, mechanics and all this, but right now, some are evangelists, deacons, praise leaders. Um, God took them from the miry clay and put them on a rock. Amen? Amen. God can do that. And he's the miracle worker. And so we, it's just a blessing to get with them and see what God has done. That's so good. Um, you know what? Now's a great time. Let's just, uh, I'm going to tell you where to go, Colin, if you don't mind. Um, if you can go to, let's go to slide number 12. This is a, an image of you guys at a reunion from some of these kids from La Nova Vida, right? Yes. And um, this is uh, one of the, and how many reunions have you had now? We've had, this is the alumni, the children who used to be there and they're grown now, um, probably 12. Yeah. This year, the COVID year, uh, last year, only 10 people could meet in a building. The churches were closed, the stores were closed down, and you couldn't have people in your home, and you couldn't visit people. <clears throat> but we were allowed to get 10 of the children together, yeah. and they shared testimonies. Awesome. Let's go to our next slide. Now, this, how many of you guys have heard of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu before? Have y'all ever heard of that? Y'all into MMA or anything like that? Um, this is Brazilian jiu-jitsu with Brazilian kids. Um, and there was a really great story behind this. I want to tell my story. <clears throat> Rod is an actual black belt in the art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So congratulations, Rod. That's quite an accomplishment. Like decades worth of dedication. And it paid off in spades because... If you see Rod, he's, he's about my height. He's not necessarily the tallest guy. Jacob, his son-in-law, <laughs> is like six foot two. My son-in-law is like six foot. He was over there. We had another kid from Randall that was over there. And Rod is a touch older than these young college-age boys. But they knew that Rod had been practicing Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a while. And they made a foolish error by asking him, <laughs> what's that all about? And so one by one by one, Rod, who's like my age, like late 40s, early 50s, starts taking these college-age boys and submitting them one <laughs> by one 
by one. It was it was score one for the old dudes. It was awesome. It was fantastic. And I wish I would. Yes, exactly. I wish I would have started 20 years ago. But Rod graciously offered to take me to a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class if I'd get on the mat with him yesterday. And I said, I may look that dumb, but I'm not that dumb. If you can take a bunch of college-age boys who are actually in shape, I'd be nothing, you know, not even a speed bump. But all kidding aside about the jujitsu, the rest of this is, that's all a true story. This is also a true story. This was a big deal in Brazil. Brazilian jujitsu is a huge thing. Martial arts is a huge thing. Some of the things like, you know, that we pursue, they don't care about. Uh, it's not really a thing that's ever found a foothold. This is something that has really found a foothold. And the guy in the middle, the, the, the older guy with the gray beard, um, what is his name? Dr. Ken Lee. Dr. Ken Lee. And he lives in Georgia? Albany, Georgia. Albany, Georgia. And can you tell a little bit about this picture? Okay, one day he was in church, in a Free Will Baptist church, sitting on the back bench because he always had calls to go to his clinic and for emergencies, maybe on Sundays, but he said he was sitting in the back bench and God said, you raise a project of jujitsu for Brazilian children. He said, who? I, Lord. I'm, I'm not a preacher. I'm not anything like that. But it, he did go and his wife, he got some of his buddies from other uh, jujitsu projects and they sent these uniforms, uh, the geese and bought the mats and everything. And to teach these children uh, teamwork, uh, the value of family, they have a little prayer before, um, and this has increased. We opened it to the, the neighborhood. We have uh, mothers, fathers, ch other children is open to um, plant the seed of hope and just serve the community. But the most important sport, you know what it is in Brazil? Soccer. Soccer. The only country in the world who's won the uh, World Cup five times. You can clap. <laughs> <laughs> of course you had to throw that part in there, yeah, didn't you? Sure. Yeah, sure. You can take the girl out of Brazil, but not Brazil out the girl. And uh, one of the things that I love that you told of this story was this gentleman, he really didn't know what in the world God was speaking to him. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, I don't even know how that fits with what you're doing but I will do it. And he was obedient. He bought the mats. He bought the geese, like she said, sent those things down. And uh, they, you the, guys have had a really successful part. Uh, one of the young men has been really successful in some tournaments and stuff like that as well. Yes. Uh, the children and the adults. Well, the lady in the red, yeah. she's a dentist in town, but she also um, practiced jujitsu and she helped. And the man on the back row, to my left is a deacon in one of our churches. He volunteered to help. He was also a jujitsu. I guess um, before we maybe look at the video in just a moment, <clears throat> I think this really teaches us something. I mean, the different ones that are there that are adults, some of these kids that they called sewer rats, <laughs> a, a guy from the middle of Georgia, you know, from, from far south Georgia, um, it just doesn't make sense that they should be together. It doesn't make sense that yes. God's going to work in them. 
and what in the world does a doctor from Albany, Georgia know about Brazilian right. jiu-jitsu, right? Yes. But yet at the midst of it all, God's at work. And yes, he, he has won medals in California and Rio de Janeiro and Japan. Uh, so just the Brazilian, there are different types of jiu-jitsu. Brazilian, he connected that with his wife loving the work of, of the children's home there. All right. Well, there's about a two, two and a half minute video that I want to show and, and all the subtitles uh, and, you know, those things are in, um, they're in Portuguese, by the way, Brazil, they don't speak Spanish, they speak Portuguese. And um, so we're going to check that out, but I think you'll kind of see what's going on. And then it's um, the 30 year uh, celebration. And we met with these 10 children, but the, the first part is uh, retro of when the children were a little small with the choirs and the orchestras. Yeah, all right, great, let's check it out. La Nova Vida means new life home. first home that was rented, the first group of children. Through the years it grew and grew and grew, and then now. In these 30 years we've rescued and given a seat of hope to 420 some children. talked about 200 faces. These are a lot of faces that have made a difference. That's our present home right there. That's on the veranda of the home where we are now. Church's baptism of the children. That's a second church day. Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, so I wanted to just kind of give you guys a little bit of an idea. And um, these books, these two first two books are particularly about the children's home correct? They deserve a second chance yes. and wounded lambs need the fold. 
And then you've got who's clapping at my gate. We talked about that and mm -hmm. kind of the hospitality ministry yeah, the, that you the guys The second were part of. is about the children's home. Okay, very good. And then you felt led to write a fourth book, right? Yes. I mean, and that wasn't really in your plan, but it was kind of in God's plan. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? <clears throat> yes. Uh, Free Will Baptist sent in the late 50s uh, missionaries there. So I dedicated this one to the missionaries who you sent. My, my preacher daddy said, you either go or you send. One or the other. Uh, so I wrote. Uh, this, that, and other miracles. This, that, and other miracles. Yes. And uh, it just some more miracles. My uh, nephew read the, <clears throat> the fourth book. And uh, he called me up. He said, Aunt Shirley, if I didn't know the author, I would not believe this book. It's too miraculous. It's just hard to believe that these things could really happen. So um, God just told me, these are not for yourself. You're to share them with someone. So I got out my computer and I started another book. <laughs> at the ripe old age, or at the, at the spring chicken young age of how old? Well, when you wrote this I was 78, I guess, 78 when I, when you wrote, I wrote, this wrote that book. Yeah. I wish you'd do something with your life. <clears throat> this woman's lived three lifetimes in one lifetime. It's been amazing. Um, so you mentioned something just now, and I knew we'd just have a kind of a conversation, almost like a free flow. But one of the things that you did is you started the, the ministry, La Nova Vida, with not a lot of answers, but a lot of questions and a lot of prayer requests. Yes. Oh, and yes. there was a lot of need that was there, but not a lot of clarity on where the needs were going to get met. Mm -hmm. But you knew that the Lord was opening a door, and you guys started a prayer list. Yeah, he, he just said, come here, and we started walking on the water. Mm -hmm. Sometime we looked at the, the impossibilities, but we kept our eye on, on the Lord. And he just, I've got four books full of the miracles. We couldn't do, but he just came up. We... Um, one day we didn't have any rice. We, we fixed five kilos of rice a day for our 30 children, 40 children sometimes. One day we didn't have any, and he said, put it on the list, put it on the prayer list. And that afternoon a truck drove up, and uh, we thought, maybe this is the rice. Two sacks of clothes and shoes we needed. But right at the bottom of the sack, guess what it was? Five kilos of rice. Come on. Uh, one time we had no meat for several days. A, a truck broke down right in front of our home. They needed to use the telephone. They said, listen, um, this is refrigerated truck. Can you use what we have? I said, yes, you can store it in our freezer until you get your truck fixed. He said, no, ma'am, you can have all the all the meat that's in there. And so God provided again, and just on and on. Clothing, uh, everything that we, by the Children's Constitution, we had to provide uh, clothing and, and this culture, the sports and, and music and all that was required, but God used it, used it all. And Well, that prayer list you, is, pretty, is pretty visually stunning, right? I mean, Yes, and I have the picture of it. My granddaughter's holding it. it. would be from here 
to there as we God answered prayer. I kept no, no, seriously, like it is from where to where. It's like from that to I that. I think so. Yes, and I just kept stapling and taping, and the as God answered the list, and it stretches, and then you turn it over. It's on the other side also. And that's incredible. <laughs> and that's what I put in my books. Yeah, and so so if you're not paying attention, or if you're maybe listening on the podcast later. It's probably about a 12 or 15 foot long list, I guess, that you just kept stapling notebook paper and things like that onto. And then she filled up one side with answered prayers, flipped it over and filled up a second side of answered prayers. And it's just incredible. I don't think it's Oh my goodness. Okay. I wish we could see this, but you guys, if y'all want to come up and see it later. Maybe I can come back again. I'll bring it to show it to you, okay? <laughs> well, you know you're always welcome. Yeah, you you were a great guest. Rod tried to beat me up. I don't know if I told you that. No. So he Rod. wasn't a great guest, but. Uh, <laughs> he made some great meat, though, he yesterday. He did make some great. We had, we had Brazilian shuhasco yesterday, and that was almost enough to forget that Rod tried to hurt me. There is the picture of a lot of the family there. There's Kemper as an adult there, third from the left. There's Cindy in the um, kind of in the middle with the red hair. And then there's Tanya and Rod. Seriously great, fantastic people. And then, of course, my, my Aunt Shirley there um, and, uh, and just some other friends. Let's, let's go to our next picture real quickly. That's the picture that's on the front of this, that, and the other miracles. Um, those are all members of the team that was sent down to Brazil to share the gospel with the people in Brazil. Um, My daughter, Tanya, who's here, she's the little baby sitting on the rail there. Oh, no, Aww. she's standing. She's standing on the rail. Oh, Tanya. All right, let's go to our next slide. This is a, a mother and her daughter. She was saved in a, in a neighborhood. We started having meetings in her home, and now we have a church called Jardim Candida, a Igreja Batista Livre. Well, um, oh, her son is a pastor and has a um, a home uh, for uh, uh, rehab. For young, young men and women, young men. Awesome. <clears throat> one of the reasons that I chose this picture, like we talked about earlier, is this is probably one of the latest um, pictures of where Jim. Uncle Jim mm-hmm. was still real healthy and still doing good. This yeah, is probably about seven later, years ago. This lady called him her son, Pastor Jaime, <laughs> <laughs> meu filho. Um, you're a girl from... Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the area Skytook, I think. is Owasso. Owasso, okay. And then my Uncle Jim grew up in West, West Virginia, Virginia, like my mom. Yes, I was the, the fifth of six children of a preacher and his wife. And my husband was the third of 15 children. His father was a pastor also. Yeah. And he came to Oklahoma and never eaten okra before. Can you believe that? <laughs> well... You guys, y'all clearly went and you dedicated 45 years plus of your lives to go and share the gospel in Brazil and lived there. Mm-hmm. Of course, we would see one another at family reunions. You'd come back and you know continue to keep people informed that we're sending and part of the sending agencies and stuff like that. But you guys weren't always together. You know, y'all weren't born and destined to be together. Mm-hmm. You know, by choices of uh, arranged marriage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you guys were actually at college together and weren't even dating one another. Isn't that right? No. I mean, how did that whole thing come about? Well, I mean, I let's had, get personal here if we can. I had my eye on right? him. I was on the second floor of the dormitory. These two men walked by, and I said, who is that one? <laughs> and they said, oh, he and his friend just got back from Cuba, and his name is Chuck Snow. And I said, no, not that one, the other one. Yeah. And... Uh, so yeah, we, we, we in our family get that a lot. I, I just wanted you to know. That's how uh, Shelly... But uh, he was an about. outstanding student, he, but he was a, just a ministerial student. And I went to be a missionary, and so I knew I couldn't date him. Uh, but one day we had a missions conference. He and his girlfriend went forward and surrendered to be missionaries. I was Whoever glad, was. but uh, but <laughs> then they broke up, and then one Friday night at Hot Dogs, he asked me to go to the cafeteria and sit by him, and so we, we felt God had something for us together as missionaries, and we applied to the Foreign Mission Board, and um, uh, we wanted to go. He was sort of wanting to go to Africa, and I wanted to go to a Latin country, and so we prayed together, and um, the board asked us where we wanted to go, said pray about it. So a missionary from Brazil, uh, Ken, Eagle, Ken Eagleton went and told about Brazil, 50% at that time, and 1963, in 1963, 50% of the population were, were young people and children. Many had Bibles, but they were not allowed to read it without the presence of a Catholic priest. So um, he said, while you're considering where God wants you to go, consider Brazil. Well, we got the encyclopedias. We didn't have no Google. computer, no Google, Google uh, encyclopedia. We went library and magazines, everything, and we just felt, we felt our spirit just filling up with Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. It was also tropical, it was nice, you know. So we went back to the board, and the board asked us, because we had considered um, uh, Colombia and different places. So we, when we told them Brazil, they said, right here, we were, had it down, we were going to ask you to go to Brazil. So guess who orchestrated that? Mm -hmm. Put the two spirits together. Mm -hmm. And so in 1964, we went to Brazil. Well, and... I just think that there's a lot of times where... Christian people think that these super Christians and super saints mm. and people that are like kind of set aside from birth and, you know, arrange marriage and all this silly mm -hmm. stuff that, you know, I don't know what goes into people's minds, but, you know, you're just a, just a young lady from Owasso, Oklahoma. That's just about 20, 30 minutes north mm -hmm. of Tulsa. And my uncle Jim's from a, a little bitty town called Crab Orchard in mm -hmm. West Virginia. And you guys were brought together and y'all were very very different people but you both had the same heart for people that's why we started with the video that we started with uh, every single one of us every single human being has been made in the image of God and yes. deserves to hear what he has done for them and the life that they can live and, yes. um, I was privileged I was born into a Christian home a preacher's home um, and I worked at Wood Creation a place that had in Oklahoma City that had a plaque. A child is not a vessel to be filled. It's a lamp to be lit. And I thought, that's nice, but 
I think my parents filled my vessel with the love of God, with the love for the word, with the love for creation, for the world, love for the creator. And I, my vessel as a child was filled. And uh, we had, they made sure we were in VBA, vacation Bible school camps, and we were too little to go to camp. But mother and daddy worked in camps, and so we took, uh, they took us. So we grew up each summer in camp. And folks, if you have children, grandchildren, young people, camp is a wonderful place, like Brother Eric said. God calls people. God touches lives and helps the, the person really think about himself. But um, when I was nine years old, on a Wednesday night, a, pre, a visiting young preacher boy came and preached, and my younger sister and I went forward. We knelt at the altar, and I accepted Jesus as my Savior, and the Holy Spirit lit my lamp, and I had a fire in me. I wanted, even as a child, wanted to um, share. And so God gave me a preacher husband, a missionary husband, Call us on the field. And uh, uh, Matthew 28, remember the story when just before Jesus went up to heaven, he gave a, a command. And you remember what it was? Go into all the world. That's another one. It says here, go therefore and make disciples. It says make disciples, teach them to observe all things, baptize them. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing. But have, has anyone ever been to Subway sandwich place? What's the first thing they ask you? What kind of bread do you want? You say, no, I don't want, just, I'll, just put it on my hands. I don't want any bread, you know. That's difficult to handle. But that would be if you say, well, I go to the mission field. I'm, I've got all this experience and I can do it myself. No way. That command starts with a promise and ends with a promise. That first, first part said, all power and authority is given to me. And then the next says, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. My book is full of things, not just happy, positive things or some difficult, difficult things. But God was there always to bring forth his glory. So parents, grandparents, if, you're, if God calls your kids... Someone said, Marie, how can you stand to be away from your grandkids all these years, all the 5,000 miles away? And she said, I'd rather my kids be in God's will 5,000 miles away than live next to me out of God's will. Amen. And that's helped me. Yeah. Amen. Um, I, if we could, I, let me see here. I want to go to slide number, Colin, um, if you would please, slide number eight. Hmm. My Uncle Jim had style. He was cool. He uh, rocking the fedora style hat. I'm probably not calling it the right thing. I'm not a big hat guy, but he always looked great in it. And this guy right here, is Marcos Pena, correct? And um, you guys kind of raised Marcos. Yes, he was a street child. Um, we were having Easter, and he heard, he and his buddy heard we were giving, uh, this little mission church was giving out chocolate Easter eggs. So they decided they would go. 
They'd never been in a church before, so they came to the front row just like they would in the movies, you know. They didn't know you, you sit <laughs> yeah, in the back They didn't know, the, we, you know, sit in the, the back the, row, you know. The, the experienced folks <laughs> yeah. are in the back, right? <laughs> but it was the old-fashioned planograph story of the risen Christ and uh, the God that sent his son, and uh, he liked it. And he came back and came back. He got saved, and uh, he's now an ordained preacher and has four oh, wonderful nice. children great singer. He sang at my husband's funeral. My kids uh, paid his way to come to see his foster, his adopted father. This is his wife and four children, and Tanya and Shirley. I'd rather show a picture of Tanya that she would cringe on, so... Uh, can we go back to the 80s style picture <laughs> that we had? I believe it's number seven. Oh, the you hair. Know, aren't they beautiful, though? That's, oh, all, yeah. that's all coming back, y'all. Just know it's coming back. I mean, yeah. So the big hair right there that my... Uh, you're, really, you're, it's Cindy that needs to be cringing, right, Tanya? It's like, hey, right? Okay, but yeah, that's, that's you guys and uh, all the way back in the 80s and... So much fun. Um, I want to actually, let me see here. I'm gonna I go. didn't know where he got these. My mom. He just got all these photos My last mom. night. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's rough. It's rough. I'm telling you, it's rough. I wanted to share one other picture with you guys. Um, something you mentioned about number 11. Um, slide number 11. That's you teaching and preaching at Southern Oaks Free Will Baptist Church. And that's about 15 foot away from where I gave my heart to the Lord. Amen. And so, like, place. there's an altar just to the left of where you're yes, standing. there is. And uh, I snuck in, and I jumped back out real quick. <laughs> but I still remember that day and that night. And believe it or not, my dad wasn't even preaching that night. Yeah. Um, this is you sharing what's been going on in Brazil. And then if we could go one slide, maybe before that, I believe. Oh, this is you here. and Uncle that's Jim on the very first day that we had our big grand opening. Some of you guys weren't here even in that day, but Aunt Shirley was. That's my granny that I talk about all the time. Uh, my uncle, Ron and Aunt Verna, my sister Marcy and her uh, her son Adam with a haircut that he would hurt me if I showed. <laughs> but doesn't Aunt Shirley uh, and Uncle Jim, my dad, my mom there, my my brother slash cousin Barry right there in the middle. Um, so she was here before some of you even got here. Isn't that cool? And um, you've always prayed for us here. Yes. And um, this has always been something that was kind of a part of what you were doing here at our church. And you've been very, very Facebook, faithful. Your yeah. mother makes sure we, we find out. Yeah, I'm not on Facebook, but I don't have to your be. Mother, I've got, a, yeah, I've got someone who will take care on. of that for yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> my mom will put it on Facebook for sure. Um, yeah, Shelly's back there laughing. Um, Getting kind of to the end of where we wanted to share, but I, I think what I want to say, when I was growing up, they used to give maps of the whole world, and what they would do is they would say, this, this country 
and they'd have this little call out box and all the different pictures of all the different people that were going in, you know, missionaries wherever they were. And kind of right there in the dead center, because you guys were serving near the equator, right, yeah. was Uncle Jim and Aunt Shirley Combs. And I remember growing up and thinking that these folks were heroes. And we'd go to different churches, even churches that weren't my own, like the one that I just showed you. And in the middle of their um, bulletin boards that they had out in their foyers and stuff, I'd walk by and I'd go, that's my uncle and aunt. <laughs> And so I was cool, you know. And um, I remember that all of your kids eventually moved here to the United States. But the actual plan was not that you guys would live here, but that y'all would live there, even we after retired. retirement. Yeah, we did. Because when you left here and you went and served there, you became Brazilian more so than you know, folks from the United States. Like that was your heart. Mm -hmm. That was your ministry. That was exactly where you were and where God had for you guys to be. And, and I miss it every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I tell the story about you, you guys on that map because I used to think y'all were heroes when I was a little kid. And um, now I still feel that way, if not more so. Because, I mean, there's 400 kids that you guys pulled off the streets um, to live in a place where they could have chances and opportunities that they might not have ever had to live a life that they might not have ever gotten to live. But look at the seeds you're sowing, son. That's important. And God's going to call preachers and, and Christian businessmen like Brother Oscar back there and... Uh, it's just as important, like my daddy said, to sin is just as important as the one to go. But we cannot go without the prayer and the, and the finance, of course. But we have to have mission-minded churches to even put that thought in a, in a person's mind that I can serve God somewhere else. Yeah. I love you, I love you too. Um, you guys have been heroic in the faith. I wanted you to, well, you know how I am, I got to have my glasses on. Hold on, what was No, you asked me about. Yeah, I did ask. I did ask about. One experience. Because you guys did experience some pretty out of the ordinary kind of things down there because it's a different, it's a different world. And a lot of the Christian norms that are here in the United States were very different than the ones that were there. Um, there was just not really the Christian influence, and that's part of why you guys went to go and share yes. the love of Christ, the power of Christ. And I know that in the midst of that, there was some spiritual battles that you guys fought that were um, pretty, pretty much frontline type experiences. I know some of that is in your books yes. as well. But, Every book has some of that in it. Yeah, um, and I, I, I wanted you to share this, and this was part of what I wanted to, you know, Okay, I know, I know the time is getting away. I asked God what one story. Um, we went to Bible college, prepared to be missionaries, went through all the orientation and learning the language, learning the language, learning the language. Um, but we were not prepared for a certain thing that we encountered. And that was um, uh, evil spirits, demons, 
And um, we, I grew up in church. I knew that uh, Satan was Lucifer, the angel of light, and uh, he was, had an important position in heaven, but he was very proudful, and he wanted to be higher than God, and so he was kicked out of heaven with one-third of the angels. So these spirits are the demons, these angels. And you hear the angels call out after Jesus, uh, Son of God, uh, they know who Jesus is. The demons know. Why? Because they lived in, in, in heaven with Jesus. They know God. They're not atheists. The demons are not atheists. They lived with God. And, but... The people there practice, they want special powers or special um, gifts, and they pray for these good angels. But it, they are not good angels. So um, I will share this one. I didn't, but I heard the voice of the demons come through the vocal cords of the body they are possessing. And I heard little children the voice come out of them and blaspheming, blaspheming God. And that was a shock to me, little children. And in the, in the church, um, uh, they were preaching, singing about the blood. Praise God, you, we sang about the blood today, didn't we? We sang about the blood. And we'd sing that and the, the spirits would just get agitated and one lady fell in the, uh, the aisle and, and we learned that... Um, uh, when they're possessed, the bodies are very heavy. I'd never been taught that. Uh, and so it took four men to carry this little frail lady out. And we sang and prayed in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Who is not in us. But he said, I will be with you. And so, uh, but I'll just tell you this one thing. This lady from the church, she had been a spirit, spiritist medium practiced all this stuff and her son her grown son she thought was possessed and um, called us there so we were sitting on the sofa and the young man finally came in and sat by me and there's a scripture in first uh, John 1 7 that we use first John 1 7 and we're not sure if the person's sick if it's epileptic or if it's mental or spiritual but so we have them read first John 1 7 and um, this scripture happens to have the two words that the devil can't these demons cannot conquer and that's Jesus and the blood and so this scripture we have them read this and if they can't read it usually we feel like they are possessed so we read the scriptures in my, my turn to read. I read 6, 1, 6. It was his turn to read 1 John 1, 7. When he started reading it, when he came to the name Jesus or blood, he started out, and let's see if I can see him. But if you walk in the light, it's in Portuguese, of course. We were reading the Bible in Portuguese. If, but if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the he could not say that he was a uh, uh, blood and 
we said, go ahead and read it. No, no, I, I, my throat is, something's wrong. You go ahead and read it. He said, no, please read it. So he tried again, and when he got to the, he fell at my feet and writhing like he was agitated and the, the demon was throwing him all over the place. And the people in church, would someone hap- if something happens in church, they already know to start singing about the blood and with the name of Jesus. Nah? And uh, so uh, we started praying in, in the ladies' living room and claiming the blood. And then the, we, we, didn't, we couldn't do anything to help him. And then the demon started talking from his throat. And he said, No, canta for la cruz. No, canta for la cruz. No, matamos él. Vamos matar. The Spirit said, don't sing at the cross. Don't sing at the cross. If not, we'll kill him. Guess what we did? We started singing, For la cruz, for la cruz, on juntia At the cross, at the cross. And man, that body just started jerking every which way. And he started screaming, don't sing it, don't sing it. You know, folks, the evil spirits know what we sang today. Isn't that strange? And so we better be singing about the blood in the name of Jesus to prick people's hearts. Um, And so finally, he calmed down. And as we did with all the other people, um, we said, now... How do you feel? Oh, I feel lighter and cleaner, and I don't have all these terrible visions. We said, okay, now accept Jesus. So the Holy Spirit will come into your life, into your heart. And he said, oh, no, I'm tired. I, I, I can't today, another day. We said, no, the scripture said the, the demons will leave, but they have to find a place to go, and they find that the house where they left was clean. And what does the Bible say? They come back. Many more than when they when they left, so they got a bunch of friends and entered back into that young man. Other people said, "Yes, I want Jesus. I want to be finished with this terror, this horrible thing." And they become vibrant Christians and and fruitful Christians. But it's by the name of Jesus, folks. It's not our name. He is the one that does the impossible. He just takes simple people like us. And if we just say, Lord, I surrender all. I'm here. I don't have much, but use me. And uh, I've heard the voices. They would say, what's your name? They said, Legion. That's what in the Bible said, Legion. His name is Legion. And our first furlough, we came home and... uh, my father was pastoring in Modesto, California. And we went there and we told the wonderful stories and, and what God was doing. And, um, and then afterwards, a blessed, sweet deacon man stood up in church and said, I believe it happened in the Bible, but it doesn't happen today. Folks, it does. So we need to be prayed up. We need to be willing to be friend, be friendship evangelism, uh, to people just say God loves you God knows your name he knows what you're going through you don't have to say the whole road 
uh, Romans Road, just put a little uh, seed of hope. And I know your church has that vision and that uh, you love people, but I challenge you. Be careful. Um, if you have something, what can you do? If you have something in your home, maybe a little Buddha, maybe a little white elephant, the demons know those are their, their things. So be careful. Maybe a gift somebody gave you. If you and your friends get together and joke about horoscope, please don't. Don't, don't leave any little opening for the enemy to come. You are God's children. You belong to God. And God has a plan for you. His plan for you is just mind-blowing. Um, but you said this to me yesterday, and I tried to put it on a slide so people can see it. You guys can hear me, right? You said to me, God does not call the mighty, but he calls the ordinary that he might do Amen. mighty things in them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that you're an inspiration. Uh, you guys have done some heroic things, but I also know y'all are my family. You're just normal folks who have been extraordinarily committed to an extraordinary God. And um, so we appreciate you. We honor you. We love you. And um, we thank you for taking some time to share together today. Can we give my Aunt Shirley a hand for sharing the story? Amen. Good to have them give their name and address if anybody wants to. Yes. And I will mail them to you. You can get them on Amazon, but I'm cheaper. And, uh, and <laughs> You're I cheaper will, than Amazon. Can, That's awesome. I can autograph uh, if you send to me, and I'll put them in the mail. So I tell you what, if you want to do that, I'll get. Uh, I'll make sure that my aunt Shirley gets information from you, who you are, writes down your name, etc., and we'll send them to. We'll send them to us, and we'll hand them to you, and we'll go that route. If that's work, yes. if that works, we'll figure it out. Um, thank you guys so much for being here. Why don't we all stand together? We're going to have a quick word of prayer, and I'll dismiss you. But I'm going to ask my aunt Shirley to go out by the selfie wall. And uh, if y'all want a selfie with a hero, feel free. Uh, save one of those selfies for our family, right? We still got to get one before everybody gets on the road. I if everybody just come at the front right now and take a group picture. Are you saying all of these wonderful everybody people? Everybody right in here. Y'all, y'all heard my aunt. Like, I could tell her what to not do. I mean, this is... All right, so let's all come together. All right, let's do this. Everybody come on down here. And uh, I guess stand right here. Try to get between these two posts. Y'all pull in. Love for your beautiful faces to be a part of this. We have to go eight miles, eight hours to get home. Come on through. Come on up. My son-in-law is our chauffeur. And he said, as soon as the last day, man, I want to get in that car. So I can't take all these selfies. All right. right, We'll get on in here together. Get in close. Are we taking a selfie this way? Are you taking a picture? I guess Shelly's going to take a picture. Okay. Try to get in. Okay. All right. Some people can get up on the steps. Okay. Yeah. And y'all step in. Some of y'all on the edges aren't going to get in. We want your faces in. Come on up here. One of y'all have to come in here and stand next to me, too. Come in here, Sabrina. Come here. Come here. Yeah, that's right. Come on up here. All right. Nick and Richard, 
Y'all are tall, but you're not going to get seen. We want to see your beautiful faces, boys. Yes, sir. Y'all make sure. Oh, my goodness. Well, Caden and Colin. Caden and Colin. Y'all, y'all. Come up here. here. Come up here. Okay. Can you get everybody in, Shelly? Or do we need to squeeze? <laughs> okay, last one. Oh, Shelly. Go, 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 go. All right. Good. Good. Yay. Everyone, God bless you guys. Love y'all. You know it. Don't ever forget it. And we just heard God's word. Hey, I just made a rhyme. Did you hear that? I love you guys. Y'all don't ever forget it. We just heard God's word. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. Love you. Let's hear it one more time for Aunt Shirley. Amen.